Hello and welcome to Pedagogzilla, the pedagogic podcast where we puzzle out pedagogic puzzling puzzly puzzly poos pissues. <laughs> <laughs> the pedagogic podcast where we answer bloody stupid questions with really super clever answers, as long as they're about pedagogy and pop culture. That sums it up, I think. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You went off. Yeah, you very different from usual, but uh, so keep I'm, on with it. I've normally written something down for this bit. I'm just kind of <laughs> spitballing it. We cover a whole range of things from pedagogy to comics, TV, film, books, games, fun stuff, really. If anything, we're more there for the fun stuff than the pedagogy, but stick with, because um, we learn stuff by doing this, so we, we enjoy it. Yeah, I do, all the time. Um, this week, we're going to be answering the bloody stupid question of how does Arnie keep his skin on through situated learning in the movie Predator? To answer that, I'm Mike Collins. I'm a guy with <laughs> a microphone. And I'm Mark Charles, and I'm a guy who needs a better byline. <laughs> <laughs> we've um, before this recording, we've been trying to work out what our kind of like introductory catchphrases would be, and as you can tell, it's gone great. <laughs> okay, we both have very long days. <laughs> yeah, we should stop recording these like after work. We should <laughs> we should do it in our prime. Mm. Um, which comes oh, things, but I'm, I'm definitely in my prime, Mike. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Okay. Part one: the question. Okay, so um, how does Arnie keep his skin on through situated learning in the movie Predator? Uh, first things first, we should break down the question. Okay. Okay, so situated learning. Okay, now I wanted to take a couple of minutes to situate situated learning because I think up to now we've been talking about very small parts of pedagogy. And when we get into situated learning, we're talking about one of the bigger grand narratives in, in, in uh, pedagogy. So to get an idea of where this stands, you can't really think of all these different ideas as a network. Well, you can, and that's what we've been doing. But it kind of maybe helps to think of as a map. As a map. So maybe think of a map. Uh, you have three big continents. So you've got one over there in the west, and we could call this, I don't know, Westeros. And so the one in the west is, it's like, it's all the stuff that's based on how the brain works, how memory works, and about structuring the learning to make the best advantage of how memory works. So it's all this cognitive science stuff. So that's where all this like, cognitive science like to hang out. And that's um, sort of a general umbrella term of sort of constructivism and friends. No, no, that's more like assimilative stuff, behaviorism. It's uh, things like when we were looking at learning objects, when we we're looking at Barak Rosenstein. Steins, Rosenshine stuff. So it's really how how do you take the subject and you structure it so a stu student learns as effectively as possible. That's assimilative behaviour stuff. So if we go into the East and we could call that Easteros. No, no, that doesn't sound right. Take uh, because that sounds too much like Easter. What about Essos? Okay. So our second continent's then the the East one. And that's where we try and get into the mind of the learner. So that's all the constructivist stuff. It's experiential learning that we looked at. So that's kind of where all the psychologists like to hang out because they like to tell stories about how what goes on in people's minds. So that's what we kind of often call student-centered learning. Then when we look at situated learning, which we'll put in the south, if you like, and we could call that on our Southeros. So we've got Southeros, and that's another big continent of stuff. And that's all the situated learning stuff fits in there. But that's all the things about how do people learn with other people, with the environment around them, uh, with the tools that they use, all that sort of stuff. So collaborative learning, uh, communities of practice, all those sorts of things fit into that. And if we're calling the Western, Western one uh, subject-centered learning and the Eastern one um, uh, student-centered learning, then I guess this is classroom-centered learning if we want to really be vague about what the word class and what the word room mean. But it's that kind of thing. It's lots of theories all bundled together about how people learn 
in context with each other and the space they're in, basically. Yeah, it's about, so from my hasty, hasty yeah. research, learning in the pla- learning about the place you're in, learning in the place you're in. Yeah. Which we're going to be unpacking throughout because yeah. that sentence uh, came out awkwardly. All, all wrong. Came out awkwardly, all wrong. Um, but by the end of this, you'll know as much as me about situated learning. And I think why it's, why it's fascinating for people who work in the stuff I work in is that because we do distance learning, we're all online learning. When you're thinking about subject-centered stuff, that's the same no matter where you're learning it. It's, you know, put this here, put that there, put that there. The student works through it, they get to an answer. And they make those, this is all effective way to, for the memory to work. And then um, this whole sort of co- inside the mind sort of stuff, the cognitivist stuff, that's the same as well because students are going through threshold concepts or they're going through experiences or whatever, or they're going through this development of ideas in their own head. But when we move to the distance learning and situated learning, that's the, that's different from face-to-face. That's the only thing really that's different from face-to-face because the situation's changed. So that's why all the people that look at online learning tend to be looking at situated learning as a series of concepts. Okay. And, and what was that phrase? Because I did see that phrase earlier. Which about, one? Uh, blah, 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 blah. It was probably at the top of here. Situated learning takes as its focus the relationship between learning and the social situation in which it occurs. Okay. Does that sound all right? No. Okay. It's, it's partly it but it's not just the social learning it's the it's the connection with your environment with the tools you're using with uh, the role that you have and another key thing about situated learning is it's also a lot of it addresses how your identity changes as you as you're a learner so it's not just the way that you're thinking about the external world changes but it's about who you are as a person and also all the other people around you how that changes as you go through yeah so there's a couple of elements to situated learning okay there's a lot of elements situated learning there are some top level uh, elements uh, which wikipedia informs me a mr william rankin uh, not to be before uh, confused with the only other Franklin. i was thinking the only other rankin i've ever heard of uh, ian rankin who did those Uh, hollow chocolate bunnies of the apocalypse which is an excellent title for a book Um, should by the way clarify that uh, mark has a, a special attachment to situated learning um, in that he was abandoned as a child and raised by it <laughs> in the woods. Yes, yeah, I had to find my own way through in situated learning. Yeah, so, okay, so identify with Arnie and his chums. Okay, so um, so the, the main elements are, uh, we've got content. Yes. Uh, which, okay, so let's see. In situated learning, no importance is given to the retention of content. Rather, situated learning stresses reflective and higher order thinking where the results are used in solving problems faced in daily life. Situated learning is thus more application-based. So it's not about retention of content. No, which is the Westeros thing. We're yeah. in Southeros now. Yeah, so it's not okay. about retaining content. So, no. so he's all right. Yes, that's right. I'm okay with that. Okay, so if anything, that should have said not content, but no content. Yes, okay, yeah, okay. Okay, <sighs> okay. Well, Rankin's escaped a kicking okay, from Mark right, so far. Yeah. Okay. But, he, but he's still got some more bits to his model, yeah, so... No, it's, it's okay. Okay, so context... So let's see. Context provides a framework for the usage of the product or result at the right time, place, and situation in the social, psychological, and material environment. Uh, context creates a platform to examine the learning experiences. Yeah, I think the material, con- the material aspects of it. I mean, this is why it's also fascinating as a researcher is because you can actually see what's going on. Hmm. You know, with the, all the psychologists stuff over in Essos. Are you okay with this continued extended metaphor? The, the, the metaphor, <laughs> as soon as you named the con- the consonants, um, I was completely, I'm not a Game of Thrones Ian, I don't. No, no, me neither. But I mean, they're just so. I forgot, yeah. which, I forgot which consonant was which. I'm gonna no, no, it doesn't you. matter. Anyway, so, okay, so. Can, can when we we're in Cognitivos or something? Cogn- okay, so when we're into the whole constructivist, cognitivist stuff, um, 
that's trying to look in people's minds and all that sort of thing. And, you know, who knows what goes on in people's minds? Who knows really whether or not uh, there's a zone of proximal development or whatever? This is what, when we get into the constructivism is a, is a zombie that refuses to die, this is the criticisms of it. Whereas actually situate, situated learning, you can actually see it happening and talk to the people who are experiencing it and look at the material world that they're in and make all these judgments about which ones are working with the pedagogy and which ones aren't. Okay, another element, community. Mm -hmm. So community helps the learner to create, interpret, reflect, and form meanings. It provides opportunities to share experiences among learners and also to interact. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Providing opportunities to share your experiences. That seems... Yeah, and we probably want to get into this more depth if we look at specifically collaborative learning later. But yeah, it's not only that the, the people are helping to gather the content together, gather the knowledge together. But it's also that a lot of knowledge is socially formed, things like art, things like fashion, whatever. They only make sense in a social context. So if you're learning about them, you have to learn them in a social context too. Okay, so the community is the social context. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Participation. Uh, It's where interchange of ideas, problem solving, and engaging the learners takes place. Uh, Takes place in a social setting, which includes reflecting, interpreting, and negotiating among the participants of the community. Did he need four things? It seems like... We've covered all of this. Yeah, it's social and social and stuff around. It's basically it's stuff around you. I mean, I would say that situated learning can be in the absence of other people if you are looking at your connection with a tool or connection with a bot or something like that. You can learn from those sorts of situations. It's not necessarily social, but usually it is. Hmm. Okay, so if we were to make our revised list then, based ignoring uh, William Rankin's, um, uh, it would be social, reflection, uh, context. Yeah, uh, roles, rules, community, identity, presence, all those sorts of things. Practice. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. we can d- dig into these when we look at activity theory more. But activity, I think, is the best framework for looking at situated learning. But Rankin's list is, is fine too. There's community of inquiry model, which is also a good situated learning model. Um, so, yeah. Okay, we should definitely um, just dis- full disclosure this out, by the way. When I said that Mark was raised by situated learning, he does have a special interest in it. Uh, this isn't one that he's, um, he hasn't come in sort of having, having had an extra strong coffee today. I have, though. He has had an extra, <laughs> he's also had an extra strong coffee, but this is actually one of Mark's um, specialisms. Well, this is one of one of the many um, one of the many strings to his bow. Um, yeah, it's the main string. It's the it's the it's the what do you, what do you call the main string? G string. <laughs> it's my G string. <laughs> this is this is wedged right up tight in my PhD backside. My G string. <laughs> oh God. So yeah. So um, too much coffee. Um, yeah. Can I can I plug another book? <laughs> it's, it's been at least ten minutes since you have. You probably should. Okay, Making Sense of Space is my book on situated learning for online environments. Yeah, yeah. Look at that's yeah, the one I'm. Uh, we'll, we'll link to it in the in the show notes okay. if if Mark if Mark sends me the link to okay, it. Okay, I should start doing this. Shit. Okay, so we've uh, we've talked about situated learning mm-hmm. now. We should probably talk about the predator because okay. there are people who are listening to this who may well not have been born when it came out. Oh my God, really? Straight up. It's 80s, isn't it? There are people we work with who weren't born when Predator came out. Wow. 
Yeah. Okay. Predator. Four movies. Um, crossed over with the Aliens movies for two, which was an interesting concept. I think it was like, how do we most efficiently kill off two franchises at the same time? We'll put them together and make a really bad movie. But the first one's good. The first one is the one we're going to be focusing on for yes. this episode. Although I like the second more. Controversial. Very controversial. But it's got Gary Busey in it. Um, and then the third one and the fourth one kind of started to peter out a bit, really. It's like first one. Back of a fag packet summary. Okay. Um, uh, spaceship crashes. Yes. Well, I say crashes, lands. Lands. It's got a predator in. Yeah. Uh, predator is a awesome, crazy alien yeah. who's sort of semi-tribal but also hyper-advanced, loaded down with weapons and likes tech. Likes to hunt people. Likes to hunt. Well, he likes to hunt things. Okay. They, they land on a planet and it's like a rite of passage, isn't it? They have to hunt a... Yeah. Um, have to hunt some of the local indigenous life. Yeah. Um, and the special American um, army blokes, special forces or something. Commandos. Commandos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, fresh out of yeah. the movie Commando, goes straight from that to this. Okay. Uh, presumably continuity. You have a theory about the fact yes. that those two movies are connected. Yeah, we will get into that by the end, I think. <laughs> that tinfoil hat theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go out there and they start getting picked off one by one uh, in the jungle by the Predator. Yeah. Uh, however, they are super best pals, and they all learn from each other. And then Arnie's the last one left alive, and he takes everything that everybody's done up to that point and uses it to defeat the Predator, who then blows himself up yeah. in a fit of spite. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Two additions to that. He's not... Uh, basically, they're, they're going in to um, take out a rebel camp. They're tricked into it by a CIA guy because they think they're rescuing people and they're not. Uh, And they don't kill off all of the rebels. They uh, take one of them captive, who's a woman, female rebel. And so they're not all pals in as much as six of them are, the six commandos. But there's also the CIA guy, whom they hate because he's just tricked them into doing this. And the rebel that they're looking after because, um, I don't know, because it's the 80s and women tripped over even if they were badass rebels. And you, you needed ladies. You need a lady in a film. You need yeah, at least to, one lady in the And film. she makes it out because she runs to the extraction point, basically after them op. They try and make it to the extraction point where the helicopter is, and she makes it because she just runs out for head. And then Arnie stays behind to take on the predator after all the other ones have died. Okay, so I keep on, I can't get the word frebel out of my head. Just the female That's rebel, very... the frebel. Oh, the frebel. Okay, yeah. the friendly rebels. Is that a couple? Oh, yeah, maybe. I, they're I, not though. They're not friendly. This I have no Cold memory War. of her from the film at all. Anna, her name is. See, I after the Matrix one, where I kept on referring to the airship as a submarine all the way through. I thought, you know what? I better watch this movie again before we do. This. So I went through thinking, aha, learning, ah, situated learning. So I'm a bit keyed up with this. Okay, so we've, we're have not situated learning is. We've reminded ourselves what the predator is. Mm-hmm. Some of us are fresher than others. Uh, Mark, much fresher than me. And twitching mightily on, on the caffeines. <laughs> so let's see if we can't answer our okay. question. How does Arnie keep his skin on through situated learning in the movie Predator? Part two, the answer. So some of the key elements we ran through there were the social aspect, uh, the context, that's the material world, that's the connection to the material world or the connection to the, mm-hmm. the environment, that's the tools, the platform, um, sent, uh, identity mm-hmm. and participation. So we should probably see how these apply to the Predator. Yeah. Uh, uh, or specifically to Arnie in The Predator. The Predator has a completely different learning journey in the yeah, film. Yeah, and I mean, a big chunk of of situated learning has already been covered in communities of practice. Sorry. Ooh, um, you know, when we're talking about identity and participation, kind of overlaps a bit with communities of practice. I mean, if we're thinking of this continent down in the south, then, yeah, communities of practice is a big um, country within that continent, basically, if you want a mental map of the whole thing. Okay. Okay. So how does um, the social element help Arnie overcome The Predator? Okay, so... 
communities, I mean, you can see that community of practice already within the six commandos. And then you can see Dylan, who's the CIA guy, not quite making it through. But you can also see that each of the members, not all of them, but quite a few members of the group of commandos and other two bring in different bits of learning. So between them, they start forming an idea of what's going on. So the main person who picks up and works out that they're being preyed on, first of all, is the scout guy who's Billy. And he realizes what's going on. He senses something out there. Um, And that's partly because he's more connected with his environment. So Mm -hmm. he's more of a kind of jungle tracker kind of guy. So he sort of senses, because of that immersion in that environment, he's a faster learner. So he works out more quickly what's going on. So that's the context material world part of the model. Yeah. And also the sort of sense of immersion and the sense of connectedness with Mm -hmm. that space. Um, and the CIA guy is way behind on the learning curve. And you see all these these moments where he's not connected with that space. He's falling over and the other people don't like him because he can't cope with that sort of environment. He's not immersed in it fully. He's not functioning properly within it because he's not familiar with it. So he's not learning at all. And then Anna, who's the female rebel, the frebel, um, that they uh, have um, rescued, sort of, kidnapped rather. Adopted. Adopted. Uh, she's a local and she's got her own knowledge about the environment which is that he is the demon that collects men as trophies or something like that okay so they have this culture with cultural knowledge that she then connects with this is going on this isn't just a a figment of our imagination this is a real thing that my people have known for deck generations okay and arnie is learning this how so arnie is learning from them how he's learning from them through communication because there's this sort of social thing his role is as commander so the role's important there so at first he dismisses what bill is saying because he just thinks you know this isn't this isn't kind of insane this doesn't make sense but they've also seen um evidence of the fact that somebody's hunting somebody because there was a previous commando group that went in there that they see skinned and hanging from trees and then of course when the first guy gets killed and anna sees something catch in the woods and incidentally trivia point the actor who plays Hawkins, who's the first person to die, then went on to direct the fourth movie. Isn't yeah, it's a bit, bit of a that is answer. that is trivia and then some. That is <laughs> I wouldn't even say I'm on a pub quiz. That's yeah. Um, yeah, and we can also, if we want to look at the way that uh, it was created, we could also look in design based learning, but maybe that's for another day. Definitely. Okay, um, but let's, so, let's, let's, okay, just, let's so, just quickly review what you've just gone okay, through. So, so um So there's social learning in as much as there's a community there, community of practice there whereby different people are contributing to the shared knowledge. It's been coordinated and led by Arnie because he's the lead leader yep. so the role is there important because he's the guy synthesizing it and choosing which bits of information gets absorbed as communal knowledge and when it's mainly contributed to by Billy and by Anna because they both have specialist knowledge and then Dylan who's a CIA guy lags behind because he's not really part of that community okay so part of that is uh, presumably identity is that well, identity within the group is that identity is that or is that uh, social context I think what's going on is that all of them gradually, what, what's required of them in order to function properly, one of the things that happens throughout the movie is that identity changes in that they, they're all commandos. They, they might be commandos with a kind of moral code in as much as they are, uh, you know, they're a rescue squad, not assassins, a kind of thing. Their identity changes and bit by bit, the ones that can actually survive the longest are the ones that recognize their new identity as prey. And this is where Arnie kind of, this is why he succeeds is because then his whole way of functioning and the way of responding to the predator is by acting as prey uh, and then by, by being able to adjust to that. So you see Billy... Oh, sorry, go on. So, hang on. So an element of that is the participation in the situation then. Is an element of that 
participating in it and adapting and willingly adapting. Is that part of the learning? Yeah, I think that's part of all. I mean, that's how you would define learning in a lot of ways is adapted adaptation of behavior. Mm-hmm. But some struggle with it more than others. So Mac can't cope and he just goes. You always get a couple that just go nuts and sort of like can't cope and then get killed. So Mac goes off and just tries to shoot it on his own and he dies. And Billy really can't adapt. So even though he's the first person to recognize the role and he's immersed in that environment, his identity is not one. He cannot adapt to the whole idea of being prey. So he just challenges the predator on his own, standing on top of a tree trunk and dies straight away. And you last see him, you know, being skinned alive, not skinned alive, skinned dead. Hmm. But, um, but yeah, so he ends up prey as well. And purely because even though he's able to function within the environment, he's not able to adapt to the new identity. Okay, so we should look in a little bit more detail at Arnie. Okay. So Arnie's learning journey yeah. within this, as a piece of situation learning within what we've just okay. discussed. So I think we've just discussed the kind of the, the social environmental context mm. and how the people around him are contributing to that knowledge base, yeah. be it by being experts in the field yeah. or being experts, sorry, in the environment, or alternatively by dying yes. um, and adding to the kind of the group knowledge. Yeah. So let's talk about how Arnie's uh, learning from that. But also we can use the CIA guy as kind of the counterpoint because he okay. isn't he's he's slower but he still gets it by the end he still by the end believes that there is a predator out there and uh, he sees it but so he has to really see it. he doesn't learn by believing anybody else but when he sees it for himself he believes it but by then it's too late and him and mac have gone off on their own to hunt it down and then he's absorbed into communities accepted because he's actually then protected um He's gone to protect Mac because Mac's gone off on his own because he can't take it anymore. Um, and so therefore adapted by this kind of transition into the community. So therefore there's a kind of redemption for him finally, but not before he has his arms shot off and then dies, basically. Arnie, on the other hand, he's synthesized the knowledge. He's made, he's approved it, basically, when the group's got to that point where the knowledge is inescapable that there is a predator out there. And what he does is he learns from his environment. So there's one that the predator detects by heat and Arnie covers up, ended up covered in mud uh, and then realizes that the predator can't detect him. So he's learning from his environment. Mm. He's learning to use the environment and he's learning to actually adapt the tools around him because he's now immersed in yeah. that space. And this this is like a nice mi- like microcosm of situated learning. Yeah, it's absolutely. Literally, it's literally, it's, well, it's, a, it's a good old Ron Seal moment, does what it says in the tin. Yeah. He is learning in the situation Yeah, he's and, in. And we see this with learners here is that uh, or learners online particularly because i said the you know, situated learning is good for de- deconstructing online learning is that that it's the students that although the technology is not key learning to use the technology effectively ends up being so important for actually students to learn from it because the more they can use it the more invisible it becomes to them the more they can be immersed in it the less it becomes a barrier to their learning or can actually promote learning so going back to the salmon five steps then that's is actually you know, it's that kind of process of adapting to the tools or adapting the tools to your use. I don't think we've covered We mentioned that. it in the pre- we, we will do it at some point, I think. Oh, Arnie, situated yeah, Arnie. learning. Okay, yeah. so I think covering himself in mud mm-hmm. and then, because there's a couple of bits and pieces he picks up throughout. It's not just the covering himself in mud thing, is it? Part of the learning for him is kind of uh, learning about the predator, uh, well, acknowledging this existence of, yes. and then learning about the predator, learning about the threat he's facing. Yeah, adapting his strategy to using things like, he can't use metal because it can tech those so he uses bits of wood and with spikes in and that sort of stuff and swing kind of things uh things that swing backwards and forwards to crush it and all that sort of stuff um so he's adapting those tools so it is mainly about i think mainly what he does learn from the predator is about how it hunts but also the fact that it can't see you know it works by infrared and that sort of stuff 
So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of, but that's, it's changing that mechanism. So he lures the thing in to uh, attack him by using his new role as prey as against the predator itself. So, yeah, so I think those are all the things that kind of work as far as the situated learning thing goes in order to enable Arnie to, to survive that whole situation. And as we discussed um, when we were talking about situated learning earlier in the episode, um, it's a continent yes. within which are many different countries. I- countries. Or if you're listening in America, mm-hmm. states. Yes, if you like. Uh, which is like a county. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they have counties in states. Do they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I'll talk to you about this afterwards. <laughs> I may have gotten myself in trouble. Um <laughs> Um, with and um, within uh, within which, for example, you can see elements of uh, communist practice as yeah. discussed within what we've been talking about here and within the film. But yeah. there's also other elements of situated learning which Social can constructivism, apply. All these sorts of things, yeah. And also, I mean, I don't want to think that these are. I mean, it's only an approximation that there's blurred distinctions. There's things that draw on more than one. It's a matter of dis- you know, it's a matter of choice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with how you label these things. You know, I don't want to take this metaphor too far, but it just helps, I think, conceptualize the relative hierarchy of all these different concepts. And, you know, situated learning is is one of the three big narratives in mm. learning. So some of those things that we talked okay. about, we'll, um, we'll probably deal with in other branch episodes. Oh, yeah, Because we've, we've yeah, already yeah, spoken so about communities to practice. Um, yeah, but I think we should also look at collaborative, collaborative learning at some point and how that works or doesn't work uh, and so on. Yeah. Okay, sounds great. Okay, so... Um, I think we've, uh, I think, I think we've definitely covered how um, Arnie keeps his skin on slash bones attached in Predator. But let's just summarize. Okay. Say he uses situated learning mm-hmm. by learning within his environment, learning from his in- and learning so, from his and learning from his environment. He learns from the people around him who are in turn immersed in the environment in different degrees. Mm-hmm. He learns more quickly and more effectively because of his identity within the group. Yes, he's one of the few whose identity changes throughout the process, so therefore he can adapt to the new situation. Um, and what am I missing? Um, and he learns how to use the tools in order to actually make his learning more, or make to, he learns how to use the tools in order to achieve the outcome. So I think that covers the main top-level aspects. Yeah, there was one other thing I wanted to introduce, which is my tinfoil hat theory. Which will introduce... No. Oh God. Oh God. This is a. (laughs) So, um. Okay. I got this from the web series After Hours, which is on the Cracked website. And I was watching this a week or so ago. Mm. This is a good example of social learning as well, because you sit and watch these four people chat. And it's kind of like having your own group of friends, except without the effort of having to go out and make them. So that's why I like watching it. And their theory is that all movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger in are Terminator movies set within the Terminator universe. So at the beginning of T2, they say that they got a T100 and they reprogrammed it. So the idea is that all of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies are the programs that these people ran through the T100's head in order for it to learn, in order for it to be reprogrammed to protect humans. Which makes sense in this context because, okay, so we're using this as a metaphor for learning, but it's useful to think of it as being a construction of learning. It's constructed learning. Somebody's created a formal process for this for Arnie or the T100 to go through. It explains why he's so robotic in this movie and in most of it, all of his movies, because he's a T100. Um, it also explains that actually 
the whole point of this is for him to learn this new identity as prey because then he more empathizes with uh, the Connor character in the T- in the Terminator 2 because he knows what it feels like to be prey and so therefore he identifies with you know with all the people he went out and killed and it makes sense for all the other ones he's learning empathy he's learning about society he also still struggles with it when he first meets Dylan there's this really weird handshake that they do which is kind of like arm wrestling well humans don't behave like that but obviously this is the way a, a robot would would think humans behave and so that's why he's behaving in this really weird inhuman way throughout the movie anyway that's the theory and it does fit if you think of every arnie movie be also i mean he was governor here and uh, in, in california and so maybe there's a possibility that we're a program, are we a part of the simulation we're a part of the simulation <laughs> to train the t100 about how to govern people as well i you know, if somebody was going to make a simulation they would make it better than this no look at the matrix you know Oh, it was too good. Oh, yeah, of course, the yeah, Matrix was too good the first time. Yeah, that's right, so it fail. Yeah, it has to be a bit shit for people to believe it. Oh, fuck me. Are you sure they've not got the lever, like, pushed a little <laughs> no, bit too like, far? Turn it a bit down a bit, oh, turn it back dear. up slightly. So there we go, that's the theory. So... Okay, so how can you use situated learning in your own practice? Teaching practice, that is, not um, predator hunting practice. No, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't know. He's... Okay, no, no. Um, okay, so one is... Give your students chance to become immersed in the use of tools. So what you need to do is uh, give them chance, uh, give them opportunities to learn how to use the tools to before the learning has to start. So if they are actually feeling connected to that space, they're in a better position to actually learn from it. You give them chance to form that community before yeah, they go I think, in there. Yeah, the social community, the social aspect seems very important. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I probably should have led with that because that's more important. But yeah, the social aspect. So there's a community of practice. The people within that community learn more effectively between themselves um but then i know but you smell burning no i smell dinner i don't think anything's burning it's not me is it obviously you're more immersed in the environment than i am okay mike is now hunting around the studio trying to find work out what's on fire i think it's from outside well if it is and somebody's having an extremely smelly but yummy dinner yeah i know yeah okay so and then the yeah we're gonna have to wrap this up quickly because the studio's on fire (laughs) and then the final one is create an environment or create a a wrapper or a scaffolding for students to work through their change in identity as the learning changes who they are so one of the problems that billy and mac have within the process is there's no way for them to recontextualize who they are as a result of what they've learned and we see this often and i think it's always a thing that's overlooked or really the thing that's most overlooked is that learning changes students and we don't prepare students for the changes in who they are that result as a as a factor of their learning really so those three things social immersed in the tools familiar with the tools and then um, reflect and uh, support changes in identity can i possibly amend the social immersed in the tools to immersed in the context because that's tools and environment isn't it you were talking about how the environment's the yes no that's fine yeah that's good Awesome. Yeah, I would go for that. Okay, uh, I think that just about wraps it up. Yeah. Um, thanks very much for listening. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, um, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, probably anything you want, really, whatever your, your podcast catcher of choices. You can also get in contact with us on Twitter at Pedagodzilla or visit our website www.pedagodzilla.com or just pedagodzilla.com. We've had a lovely time talking to you. As always, this room smells like it's actually on fire. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not us. But no, I, it, could, it could be. It's a very warm studio. I don't think I would smell like bacon but like cooked dinner it does smell like cooked dinner um, we, 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 we love you lots and we'll speak to you next time bye bye bye
<laughs> Too much coffee. Mark, Mark always looks so surprised at the end of the episode. I know, it's like, oh God, I've got to come out with something clever to say on the outro. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs>